What are you listening to? You're listening to the Get to Know Podcast. What's happening guys, this is Liam and you're locked into the Get To Know podcast. If you're listening right now, big up yourself, I appreciate you. Shout out to the first time listeners, shout out to the last time listeners, shout out to the regulars, shout out to all the people following the socials and shout out to the people interacting. Also shout out to my Liverpool fans, it's a bit peak right now but we move hopefully we get a result tonight but yeah got a great guest for you today but before that more big news man won another warzone battle royale cheese yo this one was a bit of a mad thing still let me talk you through it jay and i both get killed i win my gulag and then there's like 20 people, sorry, 20 teams left when I come back in. And so obviously the map's pretty small. And I'm thinking, all right, I need to get back Jay because there's no way I'm going to win this by myself. So I did a, I did a contract to get the money to get him back. And then once I finished it, like we realized that there actually wasn't a buy station within. So man has to go solo. Managed to get some good spots, capped a breader towards the end and then when it was the final two <laughs> the opponent got caught in the gas <laughs> but I'll take it man I'll take it shout out to Jay shout out to my Warzone gang and yeah man hopefully another victory is coming soon <laughs> uh, but enough about me and Warzone I have a great guest on today someone I've known for a long time and um, someone that's really making a name for himself right now and it's really great to see so he was in you know a really good job and he was doing well but he decided that he wanted more so he set up his own business and now he's gone full-time with that and he's really enjoying it he's doing something that he loves and he is actually writing a book this year as well so uh, that's something to look forward to but yeah, today I'm joined by a longtime friend. That's Sean Davis, the founder of Urban Homes. There's some gems in this one, so yeah, looking forward to you hearing it. Okay, so I am here joined by Sean Davis, the founder of Urban Homes. Sean, how you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, really well, thank you. So I uh, just had Christmas, how, how was it? It was good, man, it was really good. It was a lot different, um, you know, not, not seeing my family and things like that, but it was still good though, man. And uh, you know what, this year it's, it's been, um, you know, like normally supposed the build-up of Christmas, it's just all chaos, isn't it? Yeah. So, this time just having a bit more of a relaxed one. Yeah, good, man. And the kids enjoyed it? Oh, they loved it, man. They absolutely <laughs> <enjoyed> <laughs> Oh, that's the that's the thing, man. Like Christmas is for them, really, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. As long as they're happy, I'm all good. 
Alright man, so to kick things off, Sean, we're going to go into the quick fire round. So I'm going to ask you a series of questions. I'll give you two options, so you've just got to choose your preferred option. Alright. Okay, cool. So, English or maths? English. Messi or Ronaldo? Ronaldo. Films or TV series? Films. Xbox or PlayStation? PlayStation. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Hmm. <laughs> Apple or Android? Apple. Nike or Adidas? Nike. Kanye West or Jay-Z? Jay-Z. Biggie or Tupac? Biggie. It's a hard one though, that is. <laughs> Spider-Man or Batman? Spider-Man. Instagram or Twitter? Insta. And finally, winter or summer? Oh, summer. That's an easy one. I hate winter. Mate, I'm the same, man. I'm the same. Uh, yeah, yeah, you'd be surprised, one. though. Winter's pretty popular with some people. I know. Yeah, I, like to, I like the sun, man. I like to. I like the warm, the warm weather. Trust me. <laughs> so, Sean, talk to me about growing up and your career up until uh, you starting Urban Homes. Okay, so um, I left school um, and then I started went to college, doing business, doing one year um, of business at college, and then decided that you know what, this isn't for me. I just couldn't couldn't complete that second year. I done really well actually in the first year. I got a distinction, but I always wanted to work and I never I never felt like I was that productive in the classroom. Um yeah so I went to get a, a full-time job and it was like a sales job selling like high-end clothing and um it was really good actually it taught me a lot about sales and you know um trying to like maximize the sale as well when you've got the customer in front of you and things like that. And then um from there on I went to work for my dad um that's got a couple of businesses so i've got a lot of experience with that as well and again that was a, a sales related job as well um, so what, sorry what business did you go into working um that was so basically he manufactures like jamaican patties um so i was basically going like going around um the country and from scratch like building the roots and basically just marketing these um these these um jamaican patties and getting them in all shops all around the uk um, and that that was a fantastic experience because you've got you get a lot of rejection, and you know that really helped me um, in terms of like start my business in terms of like the persistence that you need, um, the rejection that you face and things like that. That really set me up for for success really um, at the time. Although I didn't really enjoy it at the time uh, when I was doing that job, but um, looking back, it was definitely definitely helped me. Um, yeah, and then from there. I um, went to car sales, so I've always had a, 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 a passion for cars. I spent like um, seven and a half years in the motor trade. Um, worked at Ford to start off with, then I moved up and went, went to work for premium brands. I worked for BMW. And um, yeah, again, fantastic experience. Um, loved it, you know, sold loads of cars, made some good money. But I was never, I never felt like I was fulfilled. I never felt like, um, I was using, I was being used to my full potential. I felt like there was a lot more in me. Um, so I always had a dream of, of um, having my own business. But um, I don't know, I'm just waiting for the right time, I guess. Yeah. And um, yeah, just done, done a lot of research. I went to Miami um, in 2018 
and then had a, you know the best holiday it was so good came back and then that was it i just said to myself you know what i want to start my own business like this 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 um nine to five business is not for me anymore and then started looking to property um and that was it it was all go from there and how did you decide on property um it was quite easy actually so i've always um heard conversations of family and things like that and just gen people in general always talking about property business was only this sort of research uh, into it and um i wanted to there's a quote by Warren, Warren buffett and it says if you don't find a way to make money while you're sleeping you'll work till you die and that quote really resonated with me and uh, so i was thinking you know that's so true what what can i do to make money when i'm sleeping and um, for me, I looked into quite a few different avenues. Property seemed to be the most stable. It's bricks and mortar, I'll always be there. It will outlive me. Um, it's a good way of building a legacy for my kids. Um, you're in both ways of property. You get the rental income and you also benefit from the capital depreciation. So most properties double um, every 10 years. So even if you get a house and there's not really much, you're not really making much initially on the rental income, if you hold on to that property, and sell it in the future you're gonna make it you know most likely a, a, um, a nice lump sum of money so um so yeah that was it so i i found a um watched loads of youtube videos read quite a few different books went a, went a bit on a property course as well and then it was literally go from there just like tunnel vision and just um just built it from there so that warren buffett quote i was actually going to ask you about that so why do you think it resonated with you so much because um, I I always had doubts about like um, working to well basically putting my financial future in someone else's hands basically that's what you're doing when you when you're working there's nothing wrong with working for someone else um, it's great. I've got people that work for me but for me personally I just felt like especially in the motor trade as well which very it's a very cutthroat business um, you, you're putting your financial future in someone else's hands so I wanted to basically take control over it as well but then at the same time um, when I went to Miami and I, and I seen that sort of lifestyle and the way they was living and things like that um, and it just basically seemed just, just being in another, another country just and watching their culture and things like that and learning about the different just way they do life it made me think you know I want to be able to experience that more I want to basically build a business that um, that can still operate. Basically, that's you know when, even when I'm not in it. And properties for me is a perfect thing to do that because once you've got tenants in the property, there's nothing else for me to do over the maintenance. But then I've got a team that can do that as well. So for me, it was like a it was not as a no, it was a no brainer getting into property. And how did you come up with the name Urban Homes? Um, so Urban Homes, it was it was actually Ashley that came up with that name. So um, she used to have a business called Urban Dance House as well, and um, yeah, and then we just thought like one day we were thinking because the name wasn't originally um, Urban Homes. It started off being SD Property Solutions, but that was just literally a quick name because sometimes when you start a business, you can spend so much time consumed on names and website you just wanted to get get yourself out there get the business registered so i started the business i named it sd sd property solutions because i couldn't think of a name and then when we actually got a few properties we're getting our tenants and things like that we felt like um uh, with the word urban just it just sounded right for for the brand um so we've done total rebrand and it just fits nicely with um with the sort of the way we designed the properties it's got like an urban edge to it as well 
and um, yeah, just just fit, just works nicely for it. So tell me about the services that the business offers. Yeah, so there's quite a few different services actually. So um, one of them is a property sourcing, so it's actually property trading that we do. And what that is, quite a simple um, um, cash flowing business. Um, you can make money quite quickly with it, with it as well. So it's, it's a very good way of sort of building capital to then um, invest in actually buy properties. So what property trading is, you're typically finding a um, below market value property. So I'll go out and I'll basically build relationships with agents or try and get like um, direct to vendor leads or direct to the, um, the property owner. And people that want to sell their property very quickly we basically offer like up to 85% of the market value for like a quick sale. So I'm going to worry about people traipsing through their house and, you know, one in three properties falling now and the average price is taking six months. And then on the other side, what I then do, I've built up an investor database um, of people that are actively want to invest in property, want to build wealth and, you know, and um, invest. And obviously what it is, these people are normally busy professionals, so they haven't got the time to be going out there and building relationships. If you've got, if, you, if that's not your full-time job, you know, sometimes it can take like 30 viewings to get one good property. That's how, um, that's how, that's how time-consuming the process is. But now I've built the relationship with all these different agents over the last few years. I've, in a fortunate position where they then they now give me deals and I get a lot of off-market deals coming to me and things like that um, and then I'm able to basically sell that to the investor and basically charge a fee essentially um, for my services and also offer like a three-step service so basically find the property um, for them we'll then project manage the refurb and then finally if the property is in, in the West Midlands um, we've got in-house management team as well so we'll actually um, manage the property for them as well um, just like it's almost like we're like a one-stop that's what we're trying to be anyway like a one-stop shop for property um that's one side of the business um the second side of the business is we do like commercial leases on properties so what we'll do is find a property that um typically quite run down tired landlord that doesn't really um have the, the sort of love for the property anymore basically um and you might be having a few issues and what we'll actually do We'll go. We'll we'll, we'll um, contact the landlord, um, or the landlord will contact us, and then we'll basically make him an offer. So basically, do a commercial lease on the property. So we'll lease the whole building off, off him. We'll control it as if we own it. He gets a guaranteed rent, and then we then um, um, tenant refurb the property out of our own money, and we then tenant the property. And um, yeah, that's that's been a fantastic strategy for us. That's the, the strategy that we started off with, even before the sourcing, and we've literally built that. We've managed to build a, a, a good portfolio of HMOs um, in the, all over the West Midlands by doing that strategy and alongside um, doing the property sourcing as well. Okay, so how many properties do you have now? I've got eighteen now. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's some growth. <laughs> yeah man it's, it's been it's been it's been very challenging um but in business you've just got to stay persistent you've got to stay consistent you've got to um know why you're doing it as well that's a massive massive thing because if you don't know why you're doing it you're not going to be passionate about it and if you're not passionate about it you're not going to have the commitments that you need to be able to succeed in anything that you're doing um so it's very important that um your why is very strong basically so initially, I know you were running the business whilst working full time, uh, yeah. you know, selling cars. So talk to me about how it was balancing the two roles. Oh. <laughs> it was so tough. 
it was really, really tough. So, but you know what? I say to people now, looking back, building a business, because selling cars is it's such a demanding job. And I was selling a lot of cars. So I was always busy. Sometimes you sit or sitting in front of a customer. I could be in front of the customer for like three hours, trying to source, you know, trying to sell my car. And we're selling like, I was saying like 50, 60 grand, 100 grand BMWs. Um, so it wasn't wasn't like a, a light purchase. And, um, but what, what it made, it made me, I think work smart basically. I had to work very smart. Everything in the business had to be running like a military operation um, in the background while I was at work because I wasn't able to to do viewings. Um, I, I had to outsource from the very from the get go. And it, the, looking back at it, it was the, the best thing that I did because what normally happens um, is um, I've got like a quote that I always say to people, and it's basically work hard but don't forget to work smart. That they worst thing you can do is start a business and end up on a continuous treadmill you end up burning yourself out so for me the key is be, being able to step up the treadmill whenever i want to without having any sort of financial impact and that's what um it, i was forced to do that in the start so when you start a business everyone you know you, you, you're very everyone's very hands-on and they it's hard to find that balance where you come to a point where okay you've got the experience now you need to start outsourcing and you stop actually building the business and working on the business instead of in the business um so um yeah so i would when i i was when i was at bmw it just enabled me to do that i was able to had to outsource everything absolutely everything i had to just run everything um from my phone um, so that it's everything's all mobile and I can just operate it from there and it, it's fantastic so I mean even now now that I'm, I'm in it full time and I've expanded the business I still operate like that and that's how we've been able to scale very quickly because if I didn't do that if I was too involved doing little things decorating properties and doing all the maintenance and operations and, and all that it, it's, it's too time consuming and then that takes your eye off the ball in terms of expanding um, the business and, and actually ensuring that the operations is, is running um, properly as well. You're listening to the Get To Know to me about what that feeling was like when you finally were able to leave your full-time job and just work on the business solely oh man <laughs> i can't even explain like i can't even put into words the, the, the feeling of joy just like i um yeah what i did i it was it was so good because i um was so ton of vision in basically ensuring that this business would work i put a set of dates on my phone put a date on my phone 
I told people, I told my family, I said, this is the day I'm going to leave my job. And people thought I was mad because, to, you know, start, you just started a business, you ain't making no money. This is the day I'm leaving my job. And people, you know, and then, but then that just made me work harder. I thought, you know what, I'm working towards a goal. This is the day I'm going to hand my notice. This is the day I'm going to actually leave, leave my job. And when that day was getting um, nearer, I was getting more excited, just thinking, okay, this is it, it's, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And then, um, didn't go to plan, <laughs> so I um, I actually missed the date. So I was, oh, I was I was quite down actually because the date was here, and I was thinking, okay, I'm I'm quite far from where I need to be. I can't. It's, it's too much of a leap for me to leave right now. But then what happened? Because I had that accountability, and people were actually asking, "Oh, Sean, you I put this in my diary. You meant to leave in today?" I was like, "Yeah, you know, things ain't going to you know going to schedule." But what that did that that made me accountable, and that made me work even harder. So. I, I was able to leave two months after that date that I set, and in them two months, the, the way we expanded the business was just, it was just phenomenal. It was just, things just started happening, and because I was my output was more because I was I was under pressure basically. I knew that I needed to do this, and um, that feeling of being able to overcome that as well, and then hand my notice and just know that I'm going to be working for myself. It's just yeah, it's, I just felt so fulfilled and so happy. So would you say that you work better under pressure? Oh, 100%, 100%, yeah. I work so much, I've proved it time and time again. Like sales, I've been I've always been in sales jobs and sales, especially car sales, very, very cutthroat business. If you're not good, you're in performance review and then performance review, then they'll get you out. It's as simple as that. And it's like, you know, it's, it's the same with most sales jobs. Most sales jobs, you can make a lot of money. You normally get a small basic and then you can make, you get a lot of commission. Um, you can make like three times amount um, in commission. It's very very cutthroat, but that that was really good for me. That that training was it. It makes you puts you in a place where you can't take your foot off the gas. You've got it all because you, you feel like when you work in them big corporate jobs, you, you I always felt like my job is at risk. Even though I was like I was a top sales guy, but I always felt like man, like if I don't hit my target next month, they're gonna get rid of me. That was always, that was all my mindset. So I've always been under pressure. Um, you know, to, to, to basically ensure that I've get this, the, the money's coming in, like the sales are coming in. Um, and I've got that same mindset in my business now. So I don't take my foot off the gas and my foot's always in the gas. I'm always looking for that next deal. And um, it's so important because as soon as you get complacent, you get comfortable, what happens then you, your foot comes off the gas and then things start going pear shape quickly. And, um, but yeah, COVID is as is, is well. That was I was under some serious pressure, so I left my job. I only left my job in February this year, at the end of Feb. Um, when I left my when I left my job, there was there was no talk in this country about um, any sort of coronavirus, anything like that. Um, and then a few weeks later, I was in lockdown. At the time, my main source of leads was from estate agents. So my when I left my job, I was thinking, okay, I need to get some cash flow coming in. So I was going to focus on the source inside property trading and all my leads were coming in from estate agents but the first lockdown the estate agents shut shut um so i was like man what am i gonna do now so I was under some serious pressure then to ensure that i had to think of other strategies um in order to generate multiple streams of leads so that the business can carry on and i can still build it in uh, throughout the lockdown so how did you go about that um, I basically turned to social media, so I thought I was getting my leads from the estate agents. They're now short, so um, I had to do it from um, social media ads, where I was basically targeting um, landlords directly, and um, it was actually much easier 
doing it that way because you almost, it's almost like you're getting directly to the person, you're cutting out the middleman. So rather than me trying to put my offer out to the estate agents and then the estate agents then goes to the landlord, I'm going direct to the landlord. So it, it worked so much better actually. And then because I was able to be inhibitive and generate a new stream of, um, of, of leads, when the estate agents reopened again and I had the estate agent and you know, direct marketing, it was, it was fantastic. And uh, have there been any other issues that you've encountered? Or was that the main one, would you say? Um, the other issue that I've encountered is it's just, you know, tenants um, getting made redundant and um, or tenants being isolated and things like that. I'm catching COVID themselves um, and can't work or there might be an agency and things like that. And I've had quite a few tenants because we've got like over 80 tenants now. And I've had quite a few tenants that have um, that lost their job and things like that. So that's been really tough dealing with that um, that side of it as well. Um, I mean, you get some opportunities opportunities as well. So, you know, people are people at Nazo. You get some people that just thought, okay, they, they put the eviction ban on as well. So basically, landlords couldn't evict tenants for six months. It technically means if you if tenants don't want to pay the rent, it's like, well, we can't do nothing for six months. We're just going to, like, as a landlord, just take it. And um, so we had a couple of tenants that um, that tried to use that to their advantage as well um, and take, take advantage of that opportunity. Um, but over that, we've just been just pushing forward, pushing forward. I've, I've developed this sort of mindset now that in business, you have to sort of develop this mindset that you can't let little things bother you in the business. Every day, you know, the business is growing and the problems, you get more problems. The bigger the business, the scale the business, the problems don't go away. They, just, they get more, you get more of them. And if, you, if you're going to get, um, and this used to happen when I first started the business, if, you, if I'm going to get um, down or I'm going to get upset, get my emotion get get too emotionally involved in the business it just means that it's going to have a bit of friction with me trying to um expand because my mindset's not going to be in the right place to sort of um see them opportunities so i've, I've almost learned to develop a thick skin basically so that you can just even when you've got problems and people trash the property people don't pay you rent and it's it's, it's not all glitz and glam and high fives every day it's a, it's very hard but um yeah, you're just going to keep pushing forward and then um, it all works out in the end. So how has your life changed since becoming self-employed? Oh, massively. I work 10 times harder. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of people, <laughs> I see so many people um, going, want to go into like become an entrepreneur and they think it's going to be, you know, you're working for yourself so you can give yourself time off and you can, you know, I'm still building the business, but I love it though. That's the thing. So don't feel sorry for me i um I, I literally love it this it becomes a lifestyle it has to be it has to be a lifestyle when you're um self-employed it's not it's no longer a job and it becomes a lifestyle because you're passionate about it yeah. if you're passionate about it, it doesn't feel like work you know what i mean when i go i get up every day and i'm, I'm literally literally buzzing just, just to just to get started because I, i'm building a legacy i'm finally doing something um, for myself and from my family, so yeah, it's it feels good, and I, and I, and when I'm putting all the hours in that I'm doing, I know that um, I'm working towards a bigger picture. And it's not always going to be like this. I'm not going to be working, you know, so hard when I'm 65, you know, waiting to retire. I want to be retiring, like within, you know, by 35. I want to be really taking my foot off the gas and and on a beach somewhere chilling. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm putting the hours now. So yeah, it's it's so it's all good really. And what do you enjoy the most about running the business? 
I enjoy the satisfaction of um, helping people. That that's that 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 for me. And you know, it, it was it's it's good when you work for a company and someone talks good about you. Um, when when you you know you get good feedback, but now I'm getting people talking good about me, but they're also talking good about the, my company, and I'm thinking that's something that I've built from scratch, and someone that's changed someone's life. We're creating affordable housing um, for, for 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 people, for the local community. We're helping people out. These people that contact us for um, for these, you know, when we do the direct marketing to for people that want to sell their houses, a lot of the time, unfortunately, they are in unfortunate um, situations where they might have lost their job. They might be going through a divorce. These unfortunate situations, and they haven't got the time to be able, to haven't got time to all the patience to be able to go to an estate agent and wait six months or people traipsing the property wasting their time. They need to sell the property right now, and I give that I give them a solution that we can I'll buy the property off them right now. We've got investors waiting, um, and that feels good. And you know, to be able to help someone out uh, of that situation. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoy that, and I do enjoy um, working in the coming from the corporate world where there's so many, so many, so much politics in the workplace. <laughs> I love that now. Now with myself, there's no politics. I'm not involved in any sort of drama or anything like that. I can just literally, there's no limitations. There's no one stopping me. Um, I can just keep on going and just keep building the business. So, what have been your highlights so far? Um, my highlight so far is, mm, it's hard to say, there's been so many. Um, I'd probably say, you know what, me expanding the team, actually, that's that, that's been my highlight because I was quite nervous with, with that because, you know, you, you sort of think um, it's a lot of risk when you take someone on and you start paying someone, it's a lot of risk. You think, are they going to be passionate and things like that? Um, are they going to do the job correctly? You know, are they going to wreck your brand? You know, I've put my heart and soul into this, into this company, into this business. And you think, you know, someone can ruin the reputation if they work for you, they represent your company. And um, I take it, I do, I mean, it's your business. You do take it personal. So um, I think the team I've got around me are fantastic. And that's, that's the highlight for me because it takes a lot of pressure off me. If I, if without my team, you know what I mean? I'm going to be back in, I've just created a job for myself, basically, and it's going to be too stressful for me to run by myself. Um, so yeah, the highlight is creating a team that's as passionate about me and they can see the vision and where we're looking to go with this. Yeah, I can understand how important that is, man. You know, earlier I was watching an interview with uh, Brian Chesky. Okay. He's one of the founders of Airbnb. And like he actually, when he did all the recruiting himself like, for so long. So he said like, it was every person that came in, he was interviewing. And then he got, he must have interviewed like the first few hundred people that worked for the company. Like he did that himself, like yeah. to the point where his colleagues were like, please just stop interviewing and like, like other people could do this. But he was, he said something along the same lines because he said like the culture of the company was really important to him. So just to make sure that he got that right, like he wanted to do all the, the interviewing. So he'd meet all the people yeah. himself. So it's kind of uh, interesting that you kind of said something similar about making, you know, how important it is to have the right people because you're, yeah. you're in the same field and you've, but, but you're both, you've registered your own business. Right? So it's close to you. Uh, yeah. It's really interesting yeah. that you said that. Yeah, it's important. So, who've been your inspirations? 
Oh, so many. So I'd say my dad's my biggest inspiration. He's basically um, built a couple of businesses as well. I built a few businesses as well. And um, just seeing him obviously growing up and we had it really hard growing up as well. And seeing the transformation from him building the business and um, really persevering and putting his heart and soul into it. And then the, his business is becoming a success. It sort of motivated me to think, you know what, I can do the same thing as well. And if I persevere, um, I can make something of myself as well. Um, so yes, my dad was, has been my initial um, sort of inspiration, but I've got many, I've got, I watched quite a, quite a few different entrepreneurs. There's a, there's a guy called Ed Milet. He's based in um, America. And um, yeah, I watch a lot of his, of, of his stuff on, on, on YouTube and he's got a podcast as well. And um, yeah, I just get a lot of, um, he just talks a lot about mindset and, and, you know, persevering and things like that. And that's the sort of thing you need to be listening to um, when, you, when you run a business. You can't, you've got to watch what you consume um, on social media, the information you read in the books you read, um, what you're listening to, it's so important because that subconsciously will affect your, your mindset. Um, so I just literally try and consume a lot of um, content basically, just to, just to ensure that my mind is, is in the right place and I'm always learning as well. Obviously I've known you for a long time, I know your dad as well, and it's like, it's honestly no surprise to me that you've gone on to become an entrepreneur, you know, after, you know, your dad's journey, like, honestly, I kind of always knew that it was, that was what you were destined to do, man, like, you've always just had that mindset, yeah. so even when you were working at BMW and, you know, you were smashing it, you were selling a lot of cars, even then, even when, even though you enjoyed it, I kind of always knew that you'd go on to do your own thing, man. Yeah, no, thank you. That's all good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked myself. <laughs> it just shows that anyone can do it. And that's why, like, I speak a lot about mindset and believing in yourself as well, because I'm just a normal person and I just literally believed in myself. And you know what? I did want to start a business from uh, uh, many years ago, um, but the, the, the truth is I wasn't ready for it because I didn't truly believe in myself. I didn't truly believe that I could make an impact and things like that and um i could basically run a business but the truth is anyone can it all starts with your mindset and once you believe in yourself and you believe it can happen and you're passionate about something you know you're literally good to go from there yeah man and i guess that motivation as well that you had like i remember when you told me i think uh when, when you first started the business you said that you wanted to go to your son's assembly but you couldn't tell me that about again yeah and for the oh, listeners. yeah yeah so that was a um that was a, a a turning point for me when i thought you know what this isn't for me in terms of like a nine to five so basically um my son had a an assembly and um what it was he was getting like an award for like the best improved student of, of the year so it's quite a big thing so the school phoned me and said okay um this is happening on friday at nine o'clock but it, um, it clashed with a sales event. So the, the rule was when you've got a sales event at these companies, these corporate companies, you can't have any sort of time off. So I literally said to them, you know what, this is my son's, you know, it's quite a special moment for me. Um, can I go, do you mind if I go and, and um, see him get his awards? Nine o'clock, it's early in the morning. It's only gonna take like, what, 20 minutes. <laughs> and then I'll come to work <clears throat> straight after. Bearing in mind, I was always, over overachieving on, on my target so it, it wouldn't have affected um the day i probably would have sold i probably still would have still still sold a car i would have rearranged my diary and worked overtime if i if, if i needed to get the job done and i said no you can't do it <laughs> you can't go 
And um, that just, oh man, that cut me deeply. And I said to myself, you know what, I will never miss another assembly again of my, of, of my son. And um, that was it. That just, I thought, I've got to get out of here now. You're listening to the Get to Know podcast. With the business on social media, you're keen to stress that you are a family man and you'll often include them in your posts. Like I enjoyed that video with Tyrese giving his views on that property. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like a lot of entrepreneurs tend to keep that side of their life separate. So why is it so important for people to know that, you know, you are a family man and you, you do it for them? You know what, I, I more do it for, for my kids really because they have an interest in the business. So a lot of the time they're with me in, in the office, they're, they're, they see me taking the calls and they have a lot of questions that they ask and from a young age, you know, I feel like if they're interested from a young age, how can I always think about that, how can I teach them about business? How can I get them, in, get them interested in the business and, I'm also, and also get them involved? And I feel like as well, from a brand point of view, People do want to know who's behind the brand. So business has changed a lot in the last decade. So before, you used to have a lot of big corporate companies and you wouldn't really know who's behind the brand and and, and people would keep their life very private and things like that. Whereas I'm quite open. Uh, my kids go on there all the time. They come on the business page. Uh, they're everywhere. And it's almost like they're involved. And um, everyone loves it. Everyone literally loves it. Everyone always asks people. I get customers saying, "Oh, how's Tyrese?" And that video was really good. And it's good as well. Because they, one thing, if you want to try and sell something to someone, a big thing is trust. They, someone needs to trust you before they invest in you. Not if you're sending something. I'm sourcing properties, it's, it's a lot of money, it's a big investment, you know, people are putting their life savings into some of the properties that I'm sourcing. And they want to feel like, okay, can I trust this guy? And if they don't know who's behind the brand, it's like there's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of friction behind it, but if they've been watching me on social media, I'm sharing my life, they know my kids, um, my kids are getting involved, they 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 almost feel like, you know what, I actually like this person, but I I feel like I know him as well. Um, and then when they want to um, I'm talking to them it's almost like they know me already, so it's like half the job's done. Um, so yeah, that's, it's really important for me. And, I, and I, I do enjoy it as well, like getting them getting them involved and seeing their reaction and things like that. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I know you've said like in your Q&As that you do on Instagram, you often say, you know, that building a brand is important. So how did you go about building a brand for yourself? You know what, just be myself. Like that's, that's literally it, like I, I'm, quite a positive person anyway um, I do anything that I learn it's all about giving value so I basically just share my journey I share my, anything that I'm learning I just basically share it on social media and um, yeah it just it just it just gives people confidence in you they can see and it's even like little things like um, you know, I share a lot when, when I'm going to the gym or when I'm exercising or when I'm doing bike riding. And I'll often talk about, I don't feel like doing it, but I'll do it anyway. And that shows a lot to people about the sort of person you are as well, because you, that, you can relate that back to business and the same in business, you know what I mean? I'm not looking, I'm just not just gonna eat sometimes like you don't want to do something, but you've just got to do it. And um, for me, that just shows like, my character, really. So yeah, I just, I just basically try and get everything out there. So I know you see reading as vital to success. So what books would you recommend to someone that's you know 
looking to kind of take a similar path to yourself? Oh, okay. My favourite book is The Magic of Thinking Big. That is a game changer. Um, it's, yeah, you need to be thinking bigger. And once you think big, um, your life changes. Um, you're only, you're only going to go as far as you think, even even with, with my business now. If I'm thinking small, no matter, I'm the leader of the business, so they, everyone else is going to think small, the business is it's, it's not going to grow. If I'm thinking big, um, you know, things are going to be much easier, we're going to expand a, a lot quicker, the goals are going to be bigger as well. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's a fantastic book. Another book is um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki as well. Um, that's another good one. You've got property books as well. I'm trying to think which ones. There's Simon Zucci, Property Magic as well. That's another good one. Um, currently, I'm reading High Performance Habits. That's a fantastic book as well. Um, because you are, you, you know, you, you don't, basically, you don't decide your future. You decide your habits and your habits, your daily habits decide your future. Um, so yeah, just looking at the, um, what, what high performers do, what, what sort of habits do they do, how do they, what do they do when they wake up, how do they spend their day, um, how do they ensure that they are being productive. Um, there's one more book as well, I'm trying to think. I'll come back to me in a minute. There's another book as well, but I can't think of what it is now. I can't think of the name. So, um, on the subject of books, I saw that you're writing your own. I'm really looking yep. forward to reading that. Uh, tell, talk to me about how that came about and uh, what can we expect from it? Yeah, so again, it, it just it just comes from sharing my journey and um, just giving value. Just just you know, just trying to get people that to to realise that they can um, achieve anything that they want to. So that book is going to be all about entrepreneurship, everything that I've learned. There's going to be a lot of sales related content in there as well, from what I've learned the last you know. 11 years been in sales and um, just my experience in property so there'll be a lot of entrepreneur content there'll be a lot of mindset as well and there will be quite a bit of um, property content about property sourcing about doing commercial leases on properties and how people other people can get into property as well um, it's, a, it's a fantastic um, industry to get into so yeah that, that's what it'll be about I'm looking I'm currently writing it I'm hope, hopefully it should be released sometime next year but I'm looking at, at August next year okay nice yeah so what would you say to people that maybe have an idea for a business but they've yet to execute it what's what's important for them to do um i'd always say work on your mindset firstly make sure make sure your mindset's in the right place because business is it's it's so hard it's every day there's a challenge so you, your mindset needs to be in the right place um you need to be very um, precise about your goals and what you're looking to achieve and where you're looking to go with the business. You also need to have a strong why. So you need to think, okay, why am I doing this business? Does this business relate to my value? Does it relate to my purpose as well? Um, like my purpose is um, creating value and, and, and also helping people. And that's what I do every day in, in my business. And that's why now I've never been happier. I know I've never felt so fulfilled in my life because I now feel like I'm pursuing my purpose on a daily basis. And that's them values I can bring them into the business. And because they align with each other, things are just a lot easier. Because you, if you're doing a business, it doesn't really align with your values, it doesn't really align with your purpose. Are you going to be that committed to it? Is it, is it just going to be a one-year job? Are you going to give up when the times get hard and when you've got all the challenges? Um, 
yeah, so that, that's, one, that's the things that you need to look at really for anyone that's starting a business. Alright, and uh, what does success look like for you? Um, success looks like for me when I can basically um, leave the business. So I, 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 next year, hopefully, I want to start like travelling and going, going, you know, more, uh, more COVID allows us. Um, for me, I'd see success looks like to me when I can basically go away this is on a personal level by the way I've got different loads of different meanings of success but on a personal level success to me I feel like I'm going to be successful when I can go on holiday for like a month and I can basically leave the business and the business still performs without me being involved then I know that I've built a proper business then okay great thank you Alright, so Sean, we're going to move on to the trivia section. So I'm going to ask you five multiple choice questions regarding property. So we'll see how you get on. Yep. Alright, so first question. What is the overall average house price in the UK? Is it A, 180,000, B, 220,000, or C, 250,000. I'm going to go for 180. It's actually 220. Oh, is it? Wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's so hard because um, it's just some, like north and south, it's just like a massive difference in the house prices. Yeah, trust me, there's a question on that later on as well, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so how many people rent privately in England and Wales? A, 1.8 million, B, 3.2 million, or C, 4.3 million? I'm going with C. 4.3 million. Yeah. That is correct. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) So, next question. The UK borough with the highest house price was Kensington in London, and the lowest was Burnley in Lancashire. What is the difference between the average house prices in those two boroughs? Is it A, 350,000, uh, B, 867,000, or C, 1,226,000? I'm going to go with 800,000, the B. It's actually C. Wow. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> all right next question how long have private renters in england and wales on average lived in their properties is it a two years b four years or c five years oh i'm gonna go with c five years uh it's actually b four years last question during the last three years what did zoopla find has been the most popular home improvement a a new kitchen b a new bathroom or c a new central heating boiler mm. i'm gonna go with um I'm not going for a new central heating boiler. It's actually B, a new bathroom. 
Oh, okay, well. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? I thought, I thought that was a trick question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that to you. <laughs> All right, man. Now, before we go, uh, we've recently done uh, the Apple Music, you know, they do their, um, like, the replay or Spotify does their rap, so it's, like, the most listened to artist of the year. Uh, do you know who yours was? Or, if you don't, who do you think it was? I think it'd probably be Drake, you know? Yeah. Yeah, probably Drake. Yeah, same. Well, he's he, Drake was second in mine, but he's the, he's in there every year. Yeah. Wow, yeah. He was first in year for you? Uh, it was actually The weekend. Okay. Yeah, by quite some distance as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. who, who else have you listening to? Mm, you know what? I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't really listen to much music, you know. Um, I put the radio on. Yeah. But a lot of time when I'm in the car, I'm just, it's just like podcasts or audio books and things like that. So, um, yeah. So, like, sometimes I'll go on Spotify and I just... I, I love R&B music. So yeah. I'll just go listen to, like, an R&B playlist and just put that on. But yeah, but I'd probably say out of that, it, it's a lot of the, the music that I do listen to is Drake. Mm. No, I remember when I used to go to yours when I when we was younger. Like I remember playing Midnight Club Free, and I remember the Alicia Keys album was always going. So I was playing <laughs> oh, yeah. for it. <laughs> wow, you've always had a good memory. Oh mate, tell me about it, man. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you know what? I've been the same. You know about podcast um, because. Looking at my music stats for this year, like I've listened to a lot less music, and that's because podcasting's kind of just taken over for me. And you know? like all the working from home, I've just been listening to podcasts, podcasts. So I've, there've probably been like at least ten different podcasts that I've started listening wow. to this year. So yeah. yeah, man, they're really blowing up, isn't it? Yeah, they are, man. A game changer. And back in the day, someone said a podcast is like, wow, what's that? <laughs> and yeah, and now it's like you know, just you've got some podcasts. I've got more listeners than like bbc yeah it's crazy man honestly because yeah. I, I remember when i was at uni for one of my assignments i, I made a podcast I and mean, this was what seven eight years ago and like even at the time i was like okay I, I vaguely knew what it was but that was it but it's how it's blown over the past couple of years it's crazy man. <laughs> yeah yeah no it's good all right, man. Well, before we go, is anything you want to say? Uh, any any last message to the, the listeners? No, just thank you for listening. Um, if you want to connect with me, um, you can find me on Instagram. It's um, at underscore Sean underscore Davis. And Sean is S-H-A-U-N. Davis is D-A-V-I-S. Okay. And uh, uh, the business, if you want to follow that? Yes, that one is at Urban Homes. And it's Urban with an E. So it's E-R-B-A-N Homes. That's on Insta, you can get us on there. Or you've got our, our website, um, urbanhomes.co.uk. All right, perfect, man. Sean, thanks a lot for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. I'm looking okay. forward to looking forward to seeing big things from you. Looking forward to the book as well. Yeah, man, likewise. All right, respect, bro. The Shout out Sean man, that's a long time friend of mine, really happy to see him doing well, 
and I'm looking forward to seeing more from him. Make sure you follow him on Instagram. Bro, you can see his mindset from his posts. Uh, very motivational type of post that if you're lying in bed at say 10 o'clock, uh, you'll read his post and <laughs> believe me, you're getting out of bed in the next five minutes. <laughs> but check out the range on this podcast though. Last week I've got Jim on talking about how the government is treasonous and, you know, the Magna Carta and, and birth charts. And then this week we've got Sean on, completely different vibe. But that's what man is going to be bringing for you. We're only, what, six, seven episodes in. And uh, yeah, I'm trying to bring you a wide range of guests, different perspectives, different stories. So yeah, man, more of that to come. Now, I have another TV show to recommend for you. This show came out a couple of weeks ago. I just watched it, finished it a few days ago. And it's a banging show, banging show. So it's called Zero Zero Zero. Now you can find this on Sky Atlantic. Basically, what it is, it's it follows a cocaine shipment from Mexico to Italy. So you've got the three parties. So obviously you have the cartel, and then you have the American shipping company transporting it for them. And then you have the Italian Mafia as well. So it's it's set in three locations, so it's in three different languages. And it's proper gritty, man. Like, you know those shows where you just know that it had a huge budget. Like, sick explosions, six, six, uh, six scenes, like, action-packed. But also that, you know, that sort of... Uh, eerie sense about it you know like a bit like Breaking Bad or Ozark where it's got that uh, it's just got that eerie vibe but yeah man it's, it's sick you should check that out uh, 8 episodes about an hour-ish each so yeah man check that out Sky Atlantic I'd love to know if any of you have actually watched these shows that I've recommended if so let me know, hashtag get to know podcast. Yeah, I want to know what, what you think of those. But yeah, man, that's pretty much it from me today. Shout out for tuning in as always. Much love. I want to shout out Jurgen Klopp, especially right now. You'll never walk alone. Shout out Larry David. Shout out Zara Sultana. She's one of the only MPs I look at and think, yeah, you're a real one. Also, shout out man like Shawnee for leaving me a review. Big man ting, I sees ya. Yeah man, I'll be back next week. Once again, love for tuning in. Safe.